You're listening to Travel Tales with Virgil. Hello, my name is Fergal O'Keefe and you're very welcome to the podcast. I have a very special guest today, John Connell, who is the acclaimed best-selling author who has written a trilogy of autobiographical books which have been described as love letters to his home county of Longford. John published the best-selling The Cow Book in 2008, which is a memoir of his return to his family's farm in Longford after many years in Australia. Then he wrote the running book, about his love of running, but also the rich colonial history of Longford. John has just released a new book called The Stream of Everything, which is about a two-day canoe trip down the Camelon River in Longford with a friend of his. The stunning book is a meditation on the simple beauty of nature, but also a celebration of the slow pace of rural life, especially in counties like Longford. I really love doing this interview with John, and I think his love of his home county really shone true in the interview. So Longford is part of the Hidden Heartland brand and for more information on Longford, what makes the county so special, please go to longford.ie website. So John, you're very welcome to podcast. Great to see you. Great to see you, Fergal, and thanks for having me on. I started this podcast when during the COVID times, I started walking down by the River Shore every day and it got me to appreciate the river and the flora and the fauna and It actually got me to appreciate my local area and it got me to thinking about travel. So when this book was coming out, I was really looking forward to it. It was exactly the sort of thing that I was thinking about during the COVID times, the stream of everything. And it lived up to what I was hoping it would be. It's spectacular. So well done on that. Congratulations, first of all. Thanks very much. So nice of you to say. So it's a real, I'd say, like a real celebration of the locals. So what gave you the idea? Well, um, it's a story that goes back about 10 years. I was uh, on Sydney Harbour kayaking, which I used to do, and I nearly got hit by a big ferry passenger boat. And I made a promise to myself that I'd return to the Camelon River, the little river that I knew as a boy, and make a journey down it if I got out of the situation. <laughs> and then promptly forgot about my promise. I had actually been at the start of 2020 in America documenting migrant farm worker rights and um, I had returned to Ireland and you know the pandemic hit and I realized that I was I was in Ireland and I wasn't going to be able to the next place I was supposed to go to was Brazil so I wouldn't have been able to do that and so I um, I remembered the idea of the Camelon and uh, suggested it to my father who said I think that's a good idea and then my friend Peter was home and I asked him invited him to come on the journey with me and, you know, Fergal, I'm someone who's, as we'll probably hear, has traveled all over the world. But this was one of the best trips I've, I've ever had, um, you know, and it was right on our doorstep. And if it hadn't been for COVID, I probably never would have made it. Exactly. And we 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 did the Camino together. And I remember you were talking about the book it was before it came out, you know, and mm-hmm. you, 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 you sounded surprised with yourself. You were even saying it was one of the best things that you ever did. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. One of the best ever. It was, um, yeah, it was just so, um, you know, you think you know your home and then you go on a little trip through it in a different way and you realise that there's so much going on. And, you know, I, I, I wrote a few articles when the book was released about rivers being the last wildernesses in Ireland. And, and really, in a sense, they are because, um, you know, people don't really go to the rivers that much, uh, bar fishing or whatever. So, 
I remember going on the canoe and seeing fish in the water and then seeing kingfishers and herons uh, fishing. And I just thought, this is a whole little universe I have never really given my full attention to. By being, you know, talk about it in the book about it's sort of a different pace of life on the river. You're moving at a different pace. So you see everything at a different pace, don't you? Yeah, we were going, I think, at about two miles an hour. So um, maybe three. (laughs) (laughs) On a good day. On a good day. Um, So everything slows down. And I remember Peter saying to me, um, he said, you know, an hour feels like 10 minutes. And then at other times, 10 minutes feels like an hour. And uh, you're at a different pace and you have to slow down and you have to go at the river's length. And, you know, the river's only 30, 30 odd miles long, but it took two whole days to get from from start to finish. And uh, it was transformative, really, you know, um, slowing down was exactly the thing that I needed to do at that time. But I think in so many ways, we were all being asked to slow down when the pandemic hit and um, in slowing some of us had the opportunity if we weren't, you know, if we had, I'm aware some people didn't because obviously there was people working on the front lines through it all. But some of us got opportunities to, to look at the world in maybe a different pace and realize that um, there were things here all along that we hadn't really appreciated. And your, your three books. So it's the Longford Trilogy. You know, the running book, the cow book, and now the stream of everything. Had you, when you originally started with the cow book, did you think it was going to be a trilogy or did it just happen? No, it just happened. I did an interview with the Irish Times and I was talking about Brian Friel, uh, who wrote, an, he said he wrote an accidental quartet on the nature of love. And in a sense, I, I wrote an accidental trilogy on the nature of Longford. But I suppose I was writing those books to understand myself, Fergal, and uh, the journey that I'd been on from Australia and Canada back to Ireland. And it took three books to to put that into perspective. And, um, you know, uh, life kind of conspired in such a way that I ended up writing those three books about three memoirs about my life. And it had never been an intention to do that. But when I look back on it now, it's allowed me to exercise a lot of ghosts and uh, to face into the next projects um, with uh, a clear mind, you know. Um, But it was a wonderful thing to do. And, you know, Longford Longford has a rich literary heritage, but I've added added to it now with three books. And I I like to think about the great Blasket Island writers who wrote about the times they lived in. And in a sense, those three books are a, a postcard from, you know, the early 21st century in Ireland, in rural Ireland. Exactly. And I would call it like it's like a love letter to Longford, you know, your your love of the county and its people and its history is the theme that runs through the three books. Yeah, no, it does. Um, You know, I I grew up here. I left when I was 18, um, didn't come back till I was 29. And I suppose when I came back, I had to I'm seven years at home now. I had to rediscover uh, my home. And I did that in a, in a grand sense with Ireland, too. There was a lot of things I hadn't done. I hadn't been to the Cliffs of Moher. I hadn't climbed Croke Patrick. But similarly, I hadn't been to Loch Ree in, in, in Longford, or I hadn't, uh, I hadn't uh, walked along the, the canal uh, from Clondra up to Dublin, things like that. So um, I began to uh, fill myself up with the stories of this place and, and realise that... Um, there was a universal, you know, John McGarn used to say that the local was the universal. And I think in a sense, uh, 
uh, I could see the universality in life here as to life in other places. You know, you talk there about Australia. So when you were growing up in Longford then, was your plan to leave? Well, not necessarily. I wanted to, I wanted to get out, I suppose, and see the world. Um, but it all happened by chance. I was studying in Dublin and I had picked the course in journalism because there was a semester abroad. And uh, it's a strange thing that my fate was sealed and I wasn't even there. My name was picked out of a hat to go to Australia uh, on semester abroad. And I wasn't there that day and uh, found out the next day or whatever it was. And uh, that, that one little moment decided uh, the rest of my life in a sense uh, I went to Australia for six months I got a scholarship to return to finish my studies there uh, made a documentary about uh, human rights abuses of Aboriginal Australians and before I knew it six years had went by in Australia so um, my life was I was in Australia I'm a permanent resident uh, of, Aust- of Australia it, my whole life was determined by what by that one thing and you know, life was good in Australia and I was I was doing good work as a as a documentary maker and, 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 and a journalist. So I hadn't thought about coming back because things were going so well. A random act. Like my name could easily have been pulled out of a to go to London or to go to uh, America. And maybe I wouldn't have had the experience I did and would have come back after the six months and, you know, stayed in Ireland. But as it was, one thing led to another and the years quickly went by and I was just working all the time. When you're in Australia, what are you thinking about Ireland? Like, like you know, when you're abroad, did it make you miss Longford? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I used to think about, uh, I used to think about home, um, initially at the start, especially, um, and I was homesick and I wrote my first short story, which got me my first book deal. And it was about a cow uh, and a calf. And um, so I was thinking about it. And, and then gradually, I suppose, I made an active choice when I moved overseas to integrate and like get to know people. So I didn't want to hang around in just with expats um, or Irish migrants. Uh, I wanted to get to know Australians. And um, I think in doing that, it allowed me to build a friendship base so that I didn't feel so alone or homesick. And I remember, you know, walking down Oxford Street on one of the, my first nights there. And I, I had been quite a shy person before that. And I said, if I don't put myself out there, this is going to be a miserable six months. So if I put myself out there, this could be interesting. And uh, I suppose I had a little transformation of the self that night. And I realized that you get out what you put in. That often happens when you go abroad, isn't it? That, that it, you, it opens you up. That's, you know, that's the good thing for Irish people when they go away. It often releases their personality in a way. Yeah, and I think that's, that's a very good way of putting it, Fergal. I think that's what it did for me, you know. You moved back seven years. You, were, you went in Australia, you went to Canada then, didn't you? And I did. I went to Canada for two years, uh, chasing love. <laughs> <laughs> and it ultimately didn't work out. But I was directing a TV series over there. and. Uh, Came back to Ireland and I suppose it's no secret I'd had a few mental health problems and um, had to kind of deal with them and uh, I went to Australia in 2015 to launch my first book. There I suppose the idea of trying to be a writer, a professional writer came upon me and I returned home to Ireland and uh, decided to try and write my book, my great book and uh, to try and make it as a writer and if it didn't work I would have went back to journalism uh, and, and and worked as a producer. I probably would have moved over. I probably would have moved to Australia or 
or America or something. But uh, I um, I was back home working on the farm, and uh, from that lay the seeds of the cow book, which radically changed my life and 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 has rooted me here in Longford. And that book, so that sold all over the world. It was a great hit, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was all over the world. Sold tens of thousands of copies. Um, it was a. Uh, it was a, I was the most surprised of anyone. I had dreamed about this stuff happening. And then when it did, you know, it doesn't seem real, but uh, it, it allowed me to, um, it allowed me to, to, to pursue the dream that I'd wanted to pursue for a few years, which was to be a writer. And, uh, you know, I was so happy. Uh, at, at, it spent six months in the bestsellers list here in, in Ireland. And, um, you know, every week was this amazing astounding feat that it was still selling you know and uh, um, I think as well it was a celebration of rural life and, and farming life obviously but it was a story that hadn't really been told in Ireland in a long time and we have such a rich agrarian background and people are never far from the land in Ireland and I think it just resonated with people and uh, from that then I got to write the running book which was about my my great passion in life of running and you know, that was a literary gamble in a sense. Um, but I, I wanted to do it because um, it was something that I really uh, believed in. And uh, I wrote that. I was living in America at the time and I, I wrote that. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a really wonderful project to be allowed to do that and have it, you know, released all around the world as well. So um, it's been a been an interesting few years you know the running book i absolutely love it as well you know you're, you're talking about running and the, you know various characters but re- you know really it's about longford and you know you're running through places and you're giving the history and again it shows with me what i love about that idea like you're you're local and you're going through and there's so much history in ireland isn't there in every county but in longford you know the history there is unbelievable yeah, like, you know, it's, it's, uh, I was in LA writing that book and I realized I'd, I'd done the run and I, and I, ha- I had my research books with me and I, I realized that um, this was probably a good opportunity to be able to tell some of these stories. And, you know, I, I, I was talking to a filmmaker at the weekend and I was just saying how I was lucky to be able to, to tell these stories on a international stage because, um, you know, it might, affect somebody or or touch them in some in some way that they could connect and 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 Longford is a small place um but it has been a pivotal place in Irish history from the Elizabethan conquest where it was the edge of the Elizabethan empire to 1798 and the rebellion ended in Longford to um to the war of independence and Sean McKeown and Michael Collins and, and and all that so um, I, I had this opportunity to talk about about that history in that book, and uh, and I was proud of it. You know, I was proud of that story um, because uh, it wasn't known, and um, you know, people people really did connect with it. And you know, the running book came out in the first year of the pandemic, and I suppose movement had had taken on such a big meaning for people. We had the five k, you know, radius, mm-hmm. and so running was something that people took up. And uh, it allowed them to maybe, I hope, understand their parish or their townland in a new way. Exactly, because that, that's every county has that. Like there's little castles or you know, old mounds that are connected to history that we go past every day and we don't even notice. I always notice that on the shore, like the history, you know, as you're going walking along, you're going through centuries and centuries of history. That's what that book really showed. 
There's so much, I mean, we have so much history in Ireland and, and um, it is really special. And it's a, it's a, it's a history of conflict too and colonization. And you know, exactly. the, the book was about colonization as well, but, uh, or colonialism, but, uh, you know, it goes back so far. Um, I mean, I even talked about in, in, in the stream of everything about the nature of uh, there being, you know, standing stones which are older than the pyramids uh in ireland and uh and, you know sometimes I, I i've often told people about newgrange um and how uh you know it's older than the pyramids and people have never heard of it from overseas you know so we do have this wonderful stuff here that that people maybe don't know enough about or are not proud enough of it to to say that actually this is ours and take ownership of it and say you know we we have had a long civilization here and it is it has an, a global impact and it's so important to keep that history alive and that's why um i really liked seeing that in the books like even you know in the stream of everything you're talking about the vikings and coming mm. you know having a base in loch Ree and going up the river and you know it, it's it really brought it alive i thought Oh, good. Yeah, no, yeah, Turgigas, the Viking. I mean, he had supposedly 100 ships on Loch which is unbelievable. I mean, Loch is huge, but that's unbelievable. But And I didn't know that story till I started researching the book. And the Viking past of Ireland is fascinating because, you know, the first cities were Viking cities, Waterford, Wexford, Dublin. So we do have a Viking past here. And... I didn't know about it. I, I, there was a lake here, which I knew the Lockdown, which the Vikings had sailed up and ransacked a monastery. But uh, I didn't, I didn't know much about uh, their, the rest of their imprint on the place. But uh, to think that there was a, a Viking king who had uh, not only had he had a hundred ships in Lockery, he also had destroyed Clonmacnoise and set up his wife as a sage on uh, at the abbey. So it's a very interesting part of our history and I suppose my barometer was if I found it interesting I thought other people might find it interesting too. For the last few weeks I've been doing a couple of articles about you know when you're abroad to go off the beaten track not to go to the to the you know the the regular spots because they're more expensive and Mm. harder to get accommodation etc and you know within Ireland it's the same thing so Longford you know as a destination it is off their traditional route, but because of that, not not besides it, that's what makes it such a special place. I would say, yeah, like I think we're we're trying to, you know, we're part of the hidden heartlands campaign, and uh, you know, the midlands counties are trying to entice people to come. And I think, you know, I was saying this to to someone the other day. Like the beauty of the midlands is we don't have that many tourists, so when someone does arrive, they get a very big welcome because it, we we love meeting people from from overseas or from other parts of Ireland who have come here. And then we are in the Midlands, we are blessed with water. There's, there's lakes everywhere um, from Cavan all the way to Westmead and Longford. There's lakes all over and the Shannon flowing through, through, through the Midlands as well. And, um, you know, there's something quite um, special about being in a quiet place because you can take it in. And, um, you know, I, I, I do run into more and more people coming here and, uh, I, I find that they um, really appreciate the they really appreciate being able to go to a lake or go fishing and, and not being disturbed by anyone else. So if you wanted a, a quiet time, uh, it is a great place to come. But also because the locals are 
so friendly and, and opening to tourists. They want to want to see people, you know, and uh, they want to welcome them and have a chat. And, and, and you know, I think um, like my wife is from Australia and, and she always talks about how welcoming uh, the Longford people and Midlands people have been to her. So I suppose that's a good barometer. Exactly. And I think a line you said, a quiet walk on the road became a thing of wonder. And that's what the book, I think, shows as well, is, is that being in, in silence and then hearing the, the sounds, etc., that you don't normally notice in daily life. Yeah, I remember when the when COVID first came and I would walk near our cottage and um, I remember listening to bees uh, flying around uh, around wildflowers on, on a road. And I said, you know, the bees were always here. I just hadn't had the time to listen to them before. And it was such a lovely little moment and a moment of appreciation that nature was continuing on. And, you know, I say that in the book, everything has stopped except the flow of the rivers and the, the, the lap of the seas. And uh, nature continued on without us and, and in fact thrived without us uh, in that period of global stoppage. And it asks nothing of us only to, to respect it. Something that we've talked about before on the Camino, and you mentioned about it in the book, is a rural manifesto. Mm. And I love that idea of the rural manifesto for places like Longford because, you know, it's important to keep these places alive and keep them growing. And things like tourism, I think, is great for uh, potential for those counties, isn't it? Yeah, you know, the rural manifesto came about uh, in Castilla-Leon and uh, going through the Mazetas, which is a, a, a you were with me, but uh, through a very uh, the region of empty Spain, as they call it, and um, you know, traveling through Ireland as I have done over the last few years since coming back, there are places that are suffering uh, with rural depopulation or um, maybe lack of industry, and um, you know we have a responsibility as our generation to protect those little villages and those little towns to provide a future for them. And the future is that young people uh, will ultimately want to stay and not move to an urban city. And, uh, you know, I think COVID in a sense um, provided, you know, for the first time ever really an opportunity to come back, work remotely uh, and make a better, um, make a better town or village and you know I, I've seen it in Longford we had a new coffee shop open and uh, two, two young guys who had come from working in Dublin and brought with them their whole barista skills and you know gave a flavour of of um, uh, the cosmopolitan you know and yeah. uh, you know there are uh, there are so many people who only want the best for these rural places and and you know tourism is so uh, I'm thinking of like there's a small little town in Longford Lanesborough a lovely place and uh, there's a whiskey distillery has opened there and, uh, you know, things like that will attract people. It's on the Shannon, so people can come off their boat, go and buy a bottle of whiskey, get a tour of the brewery or distillery. Uh, you know, things like that are, are the future for, for small villages and towns. And um, Longford, is, Longford is doing okay, and, and uh, it's because people want to live there, you know, and, and make it a better place. And, um, you know, I, I suppose I'm a writer who lives in rural Ireland, and and rural Ireland allows me to live in uh, where I am and do my job as a writer. So I'm very privileged because um, there's an appreciation of the written word here and uh, I don't have to be in Dublin, which is a wonderful thing. The other thing that I liked about the books and particularly your newest one is, you know, you talk about spirituality, you know, it comes true in your writing. And I like that you're, you're, you're open about it and 
that isn't something that you always see now in, in modern writing in Ireland. Uh, faith is important to me. And um, I think we're spiritual beings. I think we need to have some some form of spirituality in our lives. And uh, it helps ground us and helps connect us. And um, I think that um, my faith journey has deepened in the time that I from 29 to now when I came back uh, you know I wouldn't have been that spiritual of a person before I, I it, it really grew in me and um, it helps give me a center in my world but also understand the world and um, it's um, I think man is inherently I was watching a documentary the other day about early human early humans and they were saying that you know we 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 had a spiritual belief system and it allowed us to imagine the world and um i think uh yes you're right it's not talked about as much now but um you know i look at writers like john o'donoghue from from claire or Thich Nhat Hanh, the buddhist vietnamese buddhist monk and i i feel a connection with them and uh they their writings make sense to me and uh you know, increasingly I've become interested in ecological theology, which is about seeing the creator spirit in nature. And uh, maybe it's maybe it's from being a farmer and working on the farm, but seeing new life come into the world and feeling the the sense of creation all around one. And uh, for that, I have no other word but God. So yeah, that's me anyway. Sure, to give. Longford, a personality, what would you say its personality is? Oh, I'd say it's very friendly. Um, friendly and welcoming and likes a laugh. I was out at the weekend and met some people who who, um, who had read my books and I didn't know them, but, you know, immediately there was camaraderie and, and chat and uh, um, it was kind of a... Um, there's a great curiosity in Longford, I think, because people don't come here too often... Uh, the, there's a great curiosity about where you're from and, and wanting to get to know you. Um, I think, you know, uh, one of the big tourism draws here is is the lakes for fishermen and stuff. And, uh, you know, I've met fishermen through the years, be they German or, 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 or English, and they always say they love the, um, the pace of the people around here, you know, that they're, that we're, um, that we're open. Um, and I think that's probably the best word to describe Longford people. They're open to having a crack, having a chat, um, and uh, and and wanting to know your story. Um, so that would be my, uh, yeah, curiosity about about the people, I suppose. And something I didn't really think about until you said it was that Longford was the most western point on the British Empire. You know, when it was within the pale, it was mm. the most yeah, western was, point. Yeah. It's really interesting, you know, that it's the last outpost. It, yes, it was. It was a crossroads for you know. It's been a crossroads a lot of time through history. So, yes, the Elizabethan Empire, uh, when when England was building its, you know, the the, the origins of the British Empire, um, it uh, Longford was as far as as control went, and um, the they were in power struggles with the O'Farrell Gaelic chieftains and. You know, past that was Connacht and the wild kingdoms of the Gael. But then you move forward and, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, like 1798, the rebellion ends in Longford. Um, the War of Independence has a huge, um, 
there's a big movement of the war of independence in in Longford, uh, in the Midlands. It's 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 a, there's a lot of ambushes and battles and skirmishes take place here. Um, and then you know you then you move forward into the modern era with uh, Albert Reynolds, uh, the the former prime minister Taoiseach, yeah. uh, being from Longford Westmead. So um, it's it's been a little pivotal point of change in in Ireland for a very long time. Um, and it's something that I didn't fully realize until I started to research it myself and, and appreciate how, um, how special the Lakelands region is. And my last question, you know, it's a tricky one, is would there be one spot, like if tourists were coming, that you'd recommend as a must-see? Oh, yes, <laughs> uh, I would. Uh, Loch Gowna, uh in um, North Longford. It's a huge lake that straddles between Longford and Cavan. Uh, one side is Longford, one side is Cavan. Um, it's got an ancient monastery on it, which the Vikings raided. Uh, it, it's, it's got a forest, uh, which you can go walking in. And I used to live there, and uh, I've always loved it. I've swam in it and fished in it and uh, boated on it. It's a beautiful place. Um, it's very big, and so one can really get lost in it in a good way. And uh, I suppose it showcases the best of... Um, of what this region, this Lakelands region, has to offer, in that you can you can go out on your boat and uh, and get away, and maybe only see two or three other people all day. So you have a real sense of of getting away from it all, you know. And uh, and that's that's right here, ready to be explored. And uh, there's no price other than the the petrol to get down to to Longford. Thank you so much. And your book, as I said, is the stream of everything. And I'd really recommend it. Well done. Thank you so much. All right. Cheers, Fergal. Thank you very much. Thanks, John, for a great interview. I have to say that Longford is a very special part of Ireland. I'm lucky enough to have friends who have a lake house in Loch Green or Lanesborough. And Chris, who's originally from New Zealand, would always say that the best sunsets in the world are over that lake in Logford. In fact, Chris and Judith searched all over Ireland for a lake house and they chose Loch Ree because it reminded them of the famous Marlborough region in New Zealand. It truly is a beautiful part of Ireland waiting to be discovered by many Irish people. Longford recently made national attention in the tourism sector when Centre Park set up one of Ireland's largest tourist attractions. It's got over 100 activities on offer for up to 2,500 guests in luxurious lodges on site at Newcastle Woods. But there are also more attractions and activities in the county for tourists, including the Royal Canal Greenway from Clonnara to Dublin, which is the longest linear greenway in Ireland. There is also the National Famine Way from Strokestown, which is a great trail for walkers. For history buffs, there's the Corley Trackway Visitor Centre in Kenna, which is home to the ancient Iron Age Bog Road, which dates all the way back to 148 BC. Then there's also the Knights and Conquest Heritage Centre in Gennard, which is a Norman Ireland interactive visitor centre adjacent to Ireland's tallest mott. So for more information on all the sites and activities in Longford, please go to their website longford.ie. I look forward to sharing more travel tales with you in the coming weeks. Take care and safe travels.